York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm talking, talking, I'm talking straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. This is JLS from the Nick of Time show. Here, give you that next talk. Just in the Nick of Time, and it's time to talk about a Knicks win without Mitch Robinson because the Knicks beat the Cavs 105 to 103. Gunshot for these Knicks. All right, who is running down this box score? Julius. <laughs> Randall gives you 36 points, 13 rebounds, four assists, and a career high eight threes. Keep shooting, Juju. Keep shooting. Brunson gives you 14 points, four assists. RJ Barrett gives you 16 points, four rebounds, and a block. Grimes gives you 10. Obi gives you 11. And Hartenstein. Hartenstein gives you a dynamic four points, nine rebounds, and two huge blocks for the game. Gunshot for Hartenstein. You get in the game ball today, baby. All right? We're going to talk about it all. The Knicks win the rebounding battle without Mitch. The Knicks close out. The Knicks locked it down. And the Knicks come out with a win. And shout out to the bench, too. 27 to 12 bench points advantage Knicks. All right? Well, we're going to talk about it all. Before we talk about it, first, shout out to FUBU TV. If you want to watch the Knicks for free for seven days on MSG, go to FUBUTV.com slash KOT to get that Knicks and other sports channels for free and other KB channels as well. And if you decide to keep it um, and get that subscription, you're good to go. We get a cut. You get to watch everything you want to watch and it helps out the KOT show. All right. And you can cancel whenever you want. You cancel subscription whenever you want. All right. But let's really start this show. And first I'm going to introduce the Latin assassin. All right. Mr. ESPN contributor, Mr. Posting and Toasting contributor, SNY contributor, my man Lee Escobedo with the game winning fit. Shout out for that word. It looks like you shaved a cavalier, right? <laughs> That's cavalier color fur right there. So yeah, I'm in my, my my winning wines best. You know, uh, I don't drink no more, but I am sipping on a tapachito here. Okay, uh, enjoying this W. Had to balance a very close friend's dinner tonight, missing the game, but I had to rush out to make sure I was joining my boys on the pod because it's been a while since I've been on, and I wanted to say hi to the chat and all my haters out there. What's up, Jay Ellis? What's going? What's on? up, Ryan? What's up, Kathy? What's going on? Translation: <laughs> Lee just came to argue with me. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Read between the lines. Shout to my guy. <laughs> my man. Next, we have the man, the myth, the legend, the guy with stats and the facts. Ryan G's in the building. 
Four-game losing streak done. Knicks back on the winning board. Let's go. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hold on. Wait. My, do my eyes deceive me? Do I see a familiar face? Do I see an original KLT member sitting over there in that four seat? If you didn't already know, it is Miss Black Girl Magic herself. She ain't saying nothing. Miss Black Girl Magic herself. Ahem. <laughs> She mad, she mad rusty, excuse her. Can you say something? Can you still? Ooh, ooh. Is her volume gone? <laughs> she might be on mute. Yeah, Zoom's on OD mute. It's on mute. Yep, there's that. There we go. Wow, it's really been a while. It's really it's been a while. Been Let's redo a that. While. <laughs> Black girl magic herself. Can you still? Ooh, ooh. It's been a while. Sheesh. It's been a while. Oh, Thanks man. for holding the fort down, guys. I missed you guys. I miss you guys. I miss you too, Kevin. Missed you guys. You too. First snake woman content creator out there. I'm just. <laughs> I'm just. I'm. I'm just saying. Everybody. We back. We back, baby. Kathy was here. I'm not making that up. I'm saying because I know. Personally. You know what it was? It was the last episode when you wanted you you uh, mentioned bringing Dwight Howard back, and I said no, <laughs> no. <laughs> we gotta. Me and Lee was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, we gotta come back. Nope. We <laughs> not never bring Dwight Howard. Not if they're talking you know crazy. Hey, Ellis, out here talking crazy. Fucking crazy. Max that man. No, that man mm-hmm. averaging like 30 and 20 in Taiwan right now, though. He averaging like 30 and 20. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like him out there. I like what he's doing out there. Out there. Right. Strong emphasis on the out there. Business. I'm with right. you, Kathy. Yeah. Put some respect. Yeah. Mm-mm. 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 Look, look. That's, that's all I got. <laughs> but let's talk about this game. Let's go about this game. All right. We've had problems closing for a very long time. And I've talked about how young teams often have problems clothing, closing. That's one of the things they have to get over. And today it seems like we found something. Maybe it was his desperation. Maybe it was the four game losing streak. Maybe it was Hartenstein playing out of his mind defensively. But today we found something. Normally, Randall can't hit a shot when it's, you know, three minutes left in the game. Tied 100-100, he hits a three. Like it's nothing. Like he's in his backyard. Like he's chilling. Jalen Brunson gets to the line. Game's close. Hits two free throws in a row. Hartenstein makes a huge block without fouling. Rule of verticality applies. Blocks Mitchell's shot. And, you know, although there were some things wrong, the R.J. Barrett airball. Bruh. <laughs> and, you know, Julius Randle having a turnover. We, we actually closed the game. So I'm going to start it off with Ryan G, man. Ryan G, what do you think about the close of the game? And does that give you 
any hope or you think it's a fluke or what do you think about that? Okay, the closing of the game. So I'm just going to fast forward to the fourth quarter. Um, I do want to say this though, like this is one of those games where I commend Dibs in some ways and then the other ways I have to criticize Dibs as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I get into the fourth quarter, there were two critical times in the game where the Knicks looked like they were about to lose this game and lose the lead completely. And Dibs called two critical timeouts to stop the Cavs' momentum. And every time he called those timeouts, the Knicks would come back into the game and retake that lead. Yeah. So I give thanks for that, for, for analyzing the game, knowing when to call timeout mm-hmm. to, get the, to get the players' heads back into the game so they can come back and get the lead. Now the fourth quarter, this is where I have my issue with Dibs. Even though the Knicks won the game, the backcourt, first and foremost, McBride quickly played one hell of a game defensively yeah. in the backcourt. One hell of a game defensively in the backcourt. In the closing seconds of the game, he had quickly out there, which I did not fault him for because of, of the way quickly was defending tonight. Out of his mind. You have to stop Mitchell. You have to stop Garland. So quickly was necessary. It was necessary to be out there. RJ Barrett, I was good with him sitting on the bench with the way quickly quickly was playing defense. Me too. Thibs decides to bring RJ back into the game with 117 left in the fourth quarter. What is the point of that? At that point, RJ Barrett is cold as hell. He's not gonna contribute much to the game. Why don't you just ride it out with quickly for the rest of the game? What was he when RJ came into the game, he quote unquote made two defensive plays, but let's be real, those are fouls. The rest, the rest bailed us out. He fouled that man twice. The rest bailed us out. And then on top of that, then he shoots an air ball with like 40 seconds left on the clock <laughs> to give the Cavaliers a last shot to try to win the game. Bruh. So that's so it's like I I give Thibs credit in one area of the game, but then I have to criticize them in another area of the game because I was boneheaded. You have quickly out there playing great defense. Let that man finish the damn game. And also bigger part of the team because he was the guy that had the big stop on Mitchell, probably his best defensive play all season. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The timing of it was definitely interesting. I don't know if he was trying to look for a place to bring him back in or he felt like because Mitchell was shooting over quickly, maybe he thought there'd be a size advantage with RJ. That's the only thing I can think of that would kind of make sense. But bringing him in at one minute left is definitely a very weird move and can contribute to an air ball in a pressure situation for sure. <laughs> like just sit down for like a whole quarter <laughs> but it is what it is i don't know if anybody else has anything to add into that <laughs> my dad texts me uh as he usually does when he's really angry which is about every nits game he said worst game i've seen rj play force bad shots lazy d got his shot blocked multiple times tibbs took him out and nits came back into the lead then tibbs puts him back in for the last two minutes 10,000 question marks, <laughs> which in his mind means WTF. So, uh, yeah, I, I'll echo and concur with 
Ryan about you know the odd rotations which have plagued us the entire season this season last season and the season before but there were a lot of good things too I think as someone who didn't watch the entire game you can go to the stats and kind of deduce why we won I think shutting the bench down on their part to only 12 points combined for the Cavaliers bench usually their bench tends to kill us you, typically Kevin Love always has a great game against the Knicks for his oh, yeah. entirety of his career. When he was a superstar to a bench role player, he's always torched us. Uh, and we kept him scoreless. They shot 4-13 for 12 points total, really nine of those with Harris Levert. Uh, no one shot a good percentage from the field. So I think we – and really their backcourt didn't show a great percentage either. It was really Jared Allen who just demolished us in the paint, which led to them almost doubling our their, the points in the paint for them to us. Uh, so a lot of good things to, to look at in terms of our defense, and that goes to what Ryan said with Deuce McBride and IQ are playing good D. They're on the bench. They're matched up against the Cavs bench players. Made sense that we shut them down if they're having a good game. So some positives to pull from, and then you know negatives to pull from, but you already know what my negatives are, so I'll leave someone else to say that. We can get to the negatives, but I'm going to hop on all the more positives because a lot. And you kind of segued into it, Lee, of talking about the bench. And mm-hmm. Unless you want to talk – Kathy, because I'm going to talk about the bench right now. No, we won. I don't have anything to say. <laughs> All right, the bench. <laughs> hey, we're back, baby. Let's go. <laughs> We're back. What else back. We, we back in the winners column. Yeah. We back. Yeah. I mean, I like I like number fifty five. I like how we played in the first half. I thought how we played in the first half was beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. we had a lot of assists. There was a lot of ball movement. We shot very well. Um, the bench played very well too in that first half. So, I mean, for, for me, it was it was the first half. I love the first half of the game. The second half and even that fourth quarter, like I, I you know, I want to blame Tibbs, but I also want to, you know, we got to point out that Mitchell had like an off night for shooting. Like if he was playing well and playing better, I, this game might have been different. We got we kind of lucked up on this win, um, but I'll take it. I mean. Here's here's my thing. Mitch has had two off nights with Quentin Grimes guarding him, all right? So I don't know if it's coincidence <laughs> or if it's no, 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 no. I don't, no, I don't, I don't think he that shook. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> think, I'm just saying. I don't think that man is that shook, but. There's, there's, there's a certain thing that seems to be a pattern, which, which was bringing me to the bench and Quentin Grimes, all right? Mm-hmm. Because Quentin Grimes did a great job playing defense in that last fourth quarter. He got a couple of stops. I think he stopped Mitchell himself a couple of times in that fourth quarter. Huge game for Grimes because he's been struggling defensively for the last two or three games or so, Um, especially getting a lot of flagrant foul called on him. So it was good to see him actually turn around in that second half. Also, the bench in general. Lee. Can we can can we can we ask your pops to put some respect on IQ's name? <laughs> it's about damn time. Call him out in the chat. I know he's there. Lee's pops. <laughs> let me tell you something, Lee's pops. It's time to hate. It's time to let the hate go because Indeed. the bench played well, and a lot of the bench playing well has to do with Emmanuel quickly cooking people in the mid range. He copy pasted. Jalen Brunson's whole mid-range game and said, this is mine now, was cooking them in the mid-range, was playing defense, was dying people up, was doing everything on the court quickly. Come on, man. And not only that, 
Just watch quickly the whole game. Just watch him pointing where to go defensively. Just watch him point where to go offensively. This man is a leader. Put some respect on Emmanuel Quickly's name. Was plus highest plus minus on the team for the night. Plus fourteen for a reason. All right, Jealous. You know what I don't understand is that the things that that quickly does wrong made sense for his age and how long he's been in the league, but it's a shot selection. Right. That will come with time and maturation when he becomes a better facilitator and a better on, on ball leader, his shot selection will improve, but the things that you can't teach effort on defense, um, looking out for his teammates, uh, clutch, like all those like intangibles. He's got that. The dude plays maybe the best defense of any guard in our team, him and Grimes. It's real close. And he does it in a bench role. He's not even asking to start. You know, I think that that's what you need to focus on when you think about the goods and bad with IQ is the bad will work itself out eventually when he gets more reps and more seasons under his belt. Absolutely. And you've seen it this season. You've seen his shot selection change from the beginning of the season until now. Listen, the man shot 50% from the field today on <laughs> altogether, four of eight. All right, with as bad a shot selection he's had, 50% from the field, six assists, most assists on the team today, and played lockdown defense. And, and Mitch hit some tough shots over over Quick today in the fourth quarter. But you got to give it up to Quick, who really manned the bench. And RJ, too, even though RJ had some iffy moments in certain quarters, you know, but RJ had some standout moments in that second quarter with the bench. And even when the bench played the starters, because the, the starters, the, 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 the bench outplayed even the calf starters for a stretch until they started to kind of lose steam. Go ahead, Ryan. Cause you don't want to the whole game. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, basically, like, I think what I had to say was basically at the beginning of the podcast, I let everything out oh, yes. <laughs> right there. And there. <laughs> got it off your chest. You got it off your chest. <laughs> yeah, got it off my chest right then and there. So I really ain't got nothing more to really add to the game, but I, I, but I do want to add that I do want to pick up Toppin as well because he played well tonight also. I forgot to shout out Toppin when I was shouting out the bench. Yeah. He played well also, but again, Dibs only playing for 10 minutes. <laughs> This is the issue that we have with Dibs. Dibs doesn't really play his bench. Even when guys on the bench do produce, he still doesn't play them the minutes that they deserve. Even though, granted, Randall had one hell of a game tonight. He had one hell of a game tonight. But, you know, I think I think in the fourth quarter, I think he brought back Randall within, I think, with at the eight-minute mark. Yeah. And it's like the way Obi was playing, it's like you could have, you know, stretched it out a bit more and give Julius Randall more rest. He but was the- hot. Obi was hot. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had a minute, he had a point for every minute he played. Yep. Like, imagine if he would have played a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I agree. Seems simple. The only reason I think he might have took him out was because Evan Wobley was kind of cooking him a little bit with like he scored like two or three consecutive uh buckets right around that point. And I was like, shoot. Tibbs is about to take him out right now because Mobley's scoring. <laughs> and he got into the lead. And that's kind of exactly what happened today. Ultimately, man, 
this is just this is just not going to be the place for Obi long term. It's just not like this is going to be a time where we have to move him for his his own sake because it's just going to be very tough for him to get playing time. But that sucks. Is that is that is that the new trend now when we actually like the player but they have to leave for like oh, their own preach. benefits? <laughs> so, like, yeah, you're like you're going to get me started. <laughs> Like, like it used to be the reverse where we didn't really like we we kind of sort of like the player, but then they went somewhere else and they were better. And now it's like, no, we actually like this guy, and like I want him to stay, but he has to go because we're the Knicks. Like I don't that doesn't that doesn't really sit well with me. <laughs> like I agree. It's uh, like oh, Leon Rose would tell Tibbs, "You better play Hartenstein because we just signed your contract. You better play Fournier." He ain't tell him to play Obi. What's up with that? Somebody has to say something. I think somebody really has to say something. I would, I don't want to say I'd die. I want to live a little bit longer. But like, if he goes somewhere else and he's like, he's going to be great wherever he goes. But no, like, he's damn. Gonna be, he's, he's going to be great wherever he goes. Like we had him and he was great. He was good with us. Like, I'm I'm going to be sick. I'm going to be sick more than like any other player that we lost. At least they flopped. Like, this <laughs> at least, at least, most, at least most of them went up and then down, so you can't feel bad. But like this one, this one is gonna hurt y'all. Yeah, get I your pepto-bismol, get your stomach, yeah. get all that all stuff. It's not gonna feel good, it, but it's gonna happen. It's- Yo, the only the only way it won't hurt is if he's using the trade to get back a superstar player. That's the only time it won't hurt. And it's like you got we, you know, we got the star player on our team, now, and Obi was involved in that trade. That's the only way it won't hurt. What superstar would you trade for him, though? Like, no. who are we? Who who would we get for him? No, it would have to be a, it would have to be a multiple player trade, not just Obi. Even 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 then, even then, because I mean, you're talking about like you we like this man. We about to trade somebody we actually like. It like happens. for yo, that's know. the thing that happens in the NBA. Usually, when there's two players who play the same position. And and they're both young, and the young player plays behind like another all star. Usually, one of them ends up get getting traded. It usually, almost always happens. Almost like like the James Harden thing. James Harden was was a bench player in OKC. He had a little bit of he had talent. Got traded, and then he explodes. But he was it was like one of those things where and then he like, plateaued. Right, I'm not giving him the money. Because we have these guys we want to pay money to, and he's playing off the bench. And then he plateaued, and he never won a ring. And <laughs> there's so many ends. <laughs> so many ends. And, <laughs> and he jumped from team to team. And like, <laughs> I think what, what feels really frustrating about the Obi Toppin situation is that it didn't have to be this way. You know, if we had a young coach that was willing to experiment, not even young, he doesn't even have to be young. But younger than 65, because that's how old Tibbs is. We just had a coach that was willing to experiment. Play Randall at the five. Play Obi at the four. Hell, play Randall at the four. Play Obi at the three. Try it out. See what happens. And, and do it and be okay with losing a game because you're seeing what you have with a lottery pick. Like, this has been a complete waste and depreciation of a, one of the few lottery talents we've had in the last 20 years. And that makes it hurt really bad for me. And if Leon Rose is going to step in to play Fournier and Hartenstein, then why the hell hasn't he stepped in to play Obi Toppin? To, to me, that's a mistake. And that's on Tibbs, and that's on Leon Rose. I'll say this, though. When Knicks drafted Obi, 
the right thing they should have done at the time was they should have got rid of Randall right then and there. Because when you're drafting Obi, you're basically saying he's Randall's replacement. Yep. When you make that draft, if you're planning to keep Randall, then you don't draft Obi at number eight. You draft another player in another position. So, I mean, that, that's a big debacle by the whole Knicks front office when they drafted Obi. It's either you draft Obi and you trade Randall, or if you're going to keep Randall, then you draft a player in another position. It was the point of drafting him like so that we can have something of value to trade for. Was that was that more so it? Uh, I mean, I think because I think that first season when Randall was here with the Knicks, I don't think he impressed enough for the front office to believe in him. So I think that's why they drafted Obi because they was they were they were looking at it as Obi was the best player available in the draft at number eight. And they were like, well, Randall didn't impress us much that, that last season. So let's bring in a player that, you know, we could probably build. But I don't know what happened. They decided. Were they trying to put some fire under him? What was happened that was it? Randall you know, had an all-star that- season and he didn't expect it. They were trying. They was they wanted to trade him. And then Randall played out of his mind and, and then the plans changed. That's what happened. Yeah, that's what happens when, when you bring somebody younger and they put some fire in the ass and you're like, oh, I'm about to lose my job. So exactly. <laughs> let me actually do some work. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yo, losing the chat, I see what you call it. So I'm, I'm going to pass this call in before we continue the conversation. First caller of the night is Joseph. What's going on, Joseph? Is, wait, is, is, is it Salem, Joseph? What's going on? Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. I want to shout out to the KOT, my brother Jay, Lee, Ryan G, my sister Kathy. Welcome back. It's been a while since I've seen you with the KOT. Mm-hmm. Good to see you. Can I get a gunshot for her? Because I miss seeing <laughs> her on this. And I just want to say I'm happy for this win. Sometimes they do make you nervous especially in the fourth quarter when they start struggling. But I'm proud of their effort. I'm a person that feels some players' tips should play more because I'm like, if you got this many guys on the roster, I'm a kind of person that feels like everybody should be suited up because if somebody's having a bad night and something not going right, you got to be ready to see who can pull out the what. And then sometimes you can see Randall's tired or Brunson or RJ. You need somebody to give them a breather. That's all I'm saying. Understood. Understood. That's usually been the case. Yo, thanks for calling in, Joe. Thank you. Thank be you, Joe. All right, be blessed. Also, I missed the Super Chat. I want to hit that real quick before I forget. Uh, JT Riddick sends us $4.99 Super Chat. It says, yeah. We got the OG in the building, K-Steel, all 82. Let's go. All right. You know KOT has Miss K-Steel when he, when you 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 in the YouTube, you in the YouTube chat and you get in uh, messages on, on, <laughs> on old YouTube videos. <laughs> Y'all don't miss me. Lee Lee is holding it down like I don't. <laughs> nah, Lee's been phenomenal. Lee's Lee been phenomenal. is holding, hasn't been holding it down. Like, 
all the all the all the YouTube comments and controversy has fallen on his shoulders now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I live for it. I am <laughs> passing the torch. Run. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it's it's made me su- such a more pleasant person to be around in real life because it did all my frustrations out in YouTube comments and Twitter. <laughs> so thank you, JL. You made me a much nicer person in real life. <laughs> Welcome. Well, your family and friends. Uh, should be thanking me then. <laughs> <laughs> He's taking all the heat now. <laughs> oh man! Well, yo, let's get to this Randall. Speaking of Randall, outperforming. Randall gives you thirty six points today, five turnovers, four assists, thirteen rebounds. Sheesh! I gotta give it to Randall. I gotta give it to him today because usually what happens with Randall, sometimes he starts the game off. Processing things very slowly with the McDonald's Wi-Fi brain. Today, that wasn't the case, all right? He turned that joint up to 5G. He was processing at a very high speed. He was shooting when he was open and then doing closeouts when people closed out. And he had had a rust patch with the five turnovers in the third quarter, but he got back on track. He got back on track, all right? Career-high 83-pointers from Randall, and it looked like he was just tired of losing to the day. He was like, I'm good. I'm good with losing another game. I know Mitch is in here, but I got this. So hold these threes. um, Get these buckets. RJ, I'm screaming at you because you didn't pass me the ball. (laughs) <laughs> all right and know what too i'm playing defense today and he played great defense so shout out to julius Randle. i don't know if y'all guys have anything to add to that um i'll say this about julius Randle's game today um yeah he definitely need to cut down the turnovers even though it came in one bulk but still need to cut them down but um overall he played well his his shooting in the first quarter is what really kept the knicks in the game and that's what kept the knicks close that first quarter, you know, before the bench unit came in and increased the lead a bit. And also in the fourth quarter as well, I mean, he did have that critical turnover, I believe, in the fourth quarter towards the end of the game. But then before that, he had a big three, which which put the Knicks up by three at the time, I believe. So, you know, Julius Randle overall, he had a great game, 36 points, 13 rebounds, four assists. You can't really argue with that. So that turnover was stupid. That's you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have brought it up it just made me upset nah, bring it up <laughs> what was so stupid about that turnover is my man is left-handed so i'm trying to figure out he had both players sealed on his right side and he brings the ball up and he has it in his right hand of some summer I, I i didn't understand it I'm like, oh. And he took it. He took it straight to the defenders too. Like here, he might as well had just been like, "Yo, take it here. I'm not gonna score. You can have it. Like, go run the other way. Like, here you go. This <laughs> is like freaking. And then another thing, my other bro pick for today. Oh man, here here we go. Here we go. First quarter, my man's RJ Barrett gets the ball right corner of the screen. He catches the ball. And he ends up crossing himself. I don't know how he did it, <laughs> but all of a sudden, I just see him lean to the right and the ball goes left and he's on the floor and it's the Nick turnover. Bruh. How do you cross yourself? <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. 
that was that was that was just odd. It was just odd. Uh, quickly, just... quickly, quickly needs to show him how to turn that into a foul somehow. <laughs> <laughs> somehow, <laughs> somehow, let's let's learn how to turn this into a foul because ain't it? This ain't it? Mm-mm. That's true because quickly will fall out of bounds and then Bruh. flail into like Kevin Love and end up with three shots. <laughs> If, if it's one thing he's gonna do is draw a foul and get a shot off, like that's a fact. Yo, so wait. RJ, get into that school quickly and and draw these fouls instead of crossing them yourself. All right, <laughs> all right. The Julius Randall apology tour is still ongoing. I'm on it all season. I feel I, I feel bad for all the slander and smack I talked about him in the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. I, and I stand by the controversial take that he should be in the MVP conversation he should not win he should not be ranked top three but i think top five top six he has mvp stats and mvp performances the one thing he doesn't have is that mvp mindset that that, to me that's what separates him from joker luca sga Ja, tatum is his decision making Mm -hmm. his ability to rim read his ability to react and respond to what the defense has given him that's what keeps him from being in that conversation. But statistically, on paper, on paper, this season for us, we would have 10, 14 less wins if it wasn't for the powerhouse performances he's had when he has a, a man that he knows he can beat up a dribble and he absolutely cuts him on a nightly basis. I agree. That fourth quarter mindset where you look at this man and goes, oh, this man is a killer. Like he's getting that bucket no matter what. And if he doesn't get the bucket, He's going to make something happen. He's going to get a teammate a wide open shot. He's going to go to the foul line. Like, he hasn't had that consistently his entire career. I, I saw a glimpse of it today when he hit that three calmly. I was like, okay, maybe it's coming. But then he had two turnovers right after that. So, so. <laughs> Not tonight. <laughs> Which is why I'd be like, well, we still need a star here. Because, like, if my man could close, we be out. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> man's can't close. I agree. He's knocking on the door, but you know me. I would say until we get to a fifty-win mark with the stats, then I'll be like, you know what? We can, you can start talking about that. I don't think we can start talking MVP hovering around five hundred. You know what I mean? But salute to Randall, uh, and salute to the chat too. I'm a, I'm a, and before I uh, move on to another topic, I'm gonna just big up Miles Big Bride today because what got into that guy? What what got into him? We already know defensively he's gonna do what he does, but homie first play of the game came up, head faked hard, went to the hole and tried to attempt a layup. Looked like he was watching Quentin Grimes tapes. Uh, all day long before the game. And then on like a lay fast break, hits homie with a between the legs cross, goes to the hole, draws the double to find Obi Toppin in the corner for three. I was like, wait, whose man is that? When did Miles McBride get handles? I actually seen him blow by two people today. I haven't seen Miles McBride blow, down, blow by two people in one game. And like, since he's been here in a Nick uniform. So I'm liking this newfound aggressiveness where it's not just three point shots, but I'm gonna go to the hole. I'm gonna make other things happen. 
besides just play defense. So shout out to McBride. All right. Yeah, but yeah, but, but let's keep it real though. He had Rubio on him. Since we since we <laughs> play defense. True. He had Rubio on him. True. Listen. This when did Rubio happen. play? It didn't matter who was on him. It didn't matter who was on him. It didn't have to happen. He got a switch. He had a center on him, and he and he hits him with the juke move. It's not the first time he had a center on him all season. He just uh, uh, passes the ball. Where's IQ? Bail me out. Where's RJ? Bail me out. Like my man be playing nervous. <laughs> this is the first time I even seen her attempt a dribble combo move. <laughs> yeah, I mean you have to give him props for the aggressiveness though. You gotta give him props for that. Yeah, I need to see more. I need to see more. I that's all I'm saying. Shout out to Deuce McBride. All right. All right, so Lucy. That's the honorable chat. mention. Huh? That was the honorable mention. That was my little honorable mention. I gave my my shout out to Hartenstein, who played like he didn't want to be traded today. Talked about <laughs> Randall. Talked about everybody. I feel like we need to. I don't know. Is it miss, am I missing anybody? Mm, not that I know of. I think we talked about everybody. Talked about what about Hartenstein? Brunson had a so-so game again. Eh. We need a champ. We need a chant for him. I heart. Let's give him some flowers. Okay, let's, let's, let's bring it back again. We talked about our heart again. We, we talked about him again. We can talk about him again. <laughs> we got to We got to get him a chant. He needs something. We need. We we got to keep this momentum he has. We gotta. He needs a chant or something. Do you guys think? Do you, Do you guys think with Mitchell Robinson being out, and I heart. I think iHeart is a closer. Sims is a starter, but I think I think Tibbs trusts iHeart as a closer more often than not. Do you think there's another level to his game that we can untap that can get us more wins and to utilize him in a more effective way, especially on offense as a high post facilitator to find cutters and, and slashers on the offensive side of the ball? Because we haven't utilized him at all. We've tried to use him as like a rim-protecting drop coverage big, and he ain't Mitch. He ain't even Nerlens Noel in that regard. He was tonight, thank God, but we haven't utilized him on the offensive side. Do you guys think that we can? Is Tibbs capable of that? Is this roster capable of utilizing him correctly? What do y'all think? It's interesting. We started out that way. Like, if you guys remember the first week or two or three, there was a lot more back cuts, and Deuce McBride was actually the beneficiary of a lot of the Hartenstein back cuts in the beginning of the season. And then it kind of just went away. Um, I'm not sure why it went away or what caused that, especially that portion of time where Obi was out and we we're struggling offensively. Mm-hmm. That probably should have been a time that we went to that more. So, of course, offensively, yes, I feel like I think everybody is a consensus. We've been using him the wrong way offensively, for sure. Um Defensively, though, that's the, the, the concerning part. Like, you haven't seen nights like this where he's blocking shots and not fouling. Like, he's usually just a, a hackathon when he's out there. And then on top of that, as good as he offensively rebounds, defensive rebounds have been a problem. Teams go on the offensive rebounding spree when he's in there. So, it's like, I don't know, it's like, even if we don't utilize him offensively, which I think we should do more, the fact that the defensive rebounding has been so bad, 
and the actual defense have been so bad made it just made him just unwatchable. But today he had that thing going for him. So it it, it worked today, even though he had like one pass, but the defense it was there. So shoot, it worked. <laughs> and yeah, six um, defensive rebounds today. It's like he actually decided to rebound on the defensive side of the ball today. And and some possession. So that's what we really need. I, I would love the offensive part, but that defensive part, when especially when Mitch is not here, we need that. That's fair. Yeah, and I'll just add this to um today he definitely showed his passing. Like his passing was really good today. And there was one play in particular where I think McBride was cut into the basket and he looked at the defender and saw that the defender wasn't paying attention. Yeah. And he made that pass. He the snuck that pass to McBride for the easy layup. Mm-hmm. So he showed like on offense. He can make the right passes. Like he can read, he can read the defenders, make the right passes, and contribute on that. And he had four assists tonight. So, you know, if the, you know, like JL has said, you know, there are deficiencies with him. You know, on the defensive, and he don't, he didn't show it tonight in in rebounding. But yeah, the Knicks could use him more on offense, especially as a passing big in the high post. If if Dips can get around to that, because <laughs> he definitely showed, <laughs> he, he definitely showed his ability to pass tonight. So. It's like, yeah, yo, go ahead. Nah, Thibodeau had freaking Joking Noah on his team. Joking Noah was like averaging like nine assists. Like, Joking yeah. Noah was exactly. A... So it's like, you would think that it would be seamless. Oh, Joking Noah, like, what's high post passing? It's, I, I feel know. like that Chicago Bull team, they had less guys who were more on ball. They had a lot of guys who could, who could go off ball. The three guys we have on this team, RJ, Randall, and Brunson, they're all super ball dominant. So it doesn't give a whole lot of opportunity for Hardenstein to really have time to set up the offense and, and run a play with him as a focal point as as Noah did in Chicago. That's Different style true. players. That I mean, that is true. And I think he went to it when Derrick Rose was injured too. I think that's what kind of... Another good point. Well said. That's when they went to it. And, and, and ironically... That's why uh, Hartenstein got that t- those type of reps in with the Clippers <laughs> because because Paul George and them was injured. So it was like, well, let's try it. <laughs> and it worked. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's something to explore, though. It's definitely something to explore. And um, I hopefully we keep doing it unless we trade him or something. All right. Salute to the chat. Uh... I know I see we have a caller in. Before we bring the caller in, shout out to Nick Yak, Fritz, Pudge, NYCE. Shout out to my real fake cousin Winston Ellis. Shout out to Samir Sariano. Picks for Timmy. Everybody, everybody in the show. Uh, shout out to you guys. If you like the show so far, hit the like and subscribe button. And uh, we try to be on that road to 10k subscribers. So shout out to you guys who are watching but haven't subscribed yet. Just just make the decision. Click subscribe. You're watching us anyway. Might as well just make it official. All right. This this is like the altar call. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, exactly. This is like when the preacher right. comes in. We was in like, church. <laughs> Except I'm not even asking for like, chat. I'm just asking. If you if you're really a Nick fan, <laughs> please. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
Oh man. All right. I see we have Muhammad from Dallas. He's the next caller. Okay, oh. Dallas in the building. Let's go. Let's go. Dallas. What do you want to talk about, man? Hey, what's up, man? I wanted to shout y'all out first of all, man. Nick of Time Show. I've been watching for a minute, been subscribed for a while. Uh first time calling in. But I just wanted to shout y'all out, Jay Ellis and the panelists. Uh really appreciate what y'all do for the Knicks fans, keeping us the most relevant fans in basketball. You absolutely. Know? absolutely. Like this, man. So I really appreciate it. I appreciate the Yeah, love, definitely hit that like, thumbs up, everybody in the chat. Um, a couple things I wanted to discuss. First, um, shout out to Julius, man. He's been holding us down all season. Yeah. One of the panelists said he was on that apology tour, and I'm on the tour with you because <laughs> I, I was ready to drive him to the bus stop myself, man, and put him on the next Greyhound. <laughs> but uh, he, he definitely hasn't. He said, man, can you get most improved twice? Like, is that possible? Can you um, what? He's like another. Can you get most improved player twice? That's he's a like great that, question. He's like the most improved. As bad as he was last year. He definitely deserves so, it. Yeah, well, shout, shout out to him. Brunson, I feel like, is um, a little lackadaisical lately. Um, he's been great for us. Now, I, I, I call him the run stopper. Like, he's, he, he changes the flow of the game. Anytime the other team is on a run or something, That's a good... you always give Brunson the ball. He can make that right play to, to, to stop the flow of the game. But at like the that. end, he just really hasn't lived up to his – I know he's clutch. He's clutch, like, in the last five minutes. In the last one minute – He's been coming up short, you know, and it's been surprising to me. So I'm really waiting for him to have that big, that big New York moment where he like hits the game winner or actually, you know, wins us again. He's won us games throughout the game, but like exactly at the end, he's come up a little short. So I agree. I feel like there's a, you know, he's got some more, some more, uh, you know, some more to do here in New York. Um, last thing is I wanted to talk about with RJ. And why Tibbs insist on having him run the second unit? You know what I mean? Like, He's acting like he's a Jordan Clarkson or some kind of, you know, a microwave off the – not that he comes off the bench, but, you know, you have that one player who kind of commands the second unit like how Derrick Rose used to do for mm-hmm. us. He wants it to be RJ so bad, and all we do is just pick and roll on with RJ, and then when RJ gets in the lane, he's one of the most inefficient players at the rim. And so, like, our second unit led by RJ is looking really bad to me. So I'm, not, I'm wondering why doesn't he just – like kind of stagger that and let it be Brunson or Randall out there at all times instead of having RJ be the one to, to run the second unit. He's the most inefficient player on the team probably. Right. So I think we really need to fix that situation. And if we could find a stretch big to go along with, you know, either get right – even though Hartstein had a great game. Yeah. <laughs> so this, this is the wrong night to talk about – well, I don't know about Mombamba, but <laughs> it's the wrong night to talk about Hartstein because he had a good game. But right. if we could get actual stretch big, and find find something better than RJ to run that second unit. I think we got a chance to, um, you know, really be good this season and just build upon it, man. Again, shout out to y'all. If you want to touch on how y'all feel about that second unit being ran with RJ, I'd love to hear what you got to say. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, man, shout out to y'all. Appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Great call. Uh, thank you, man. That's our call. Now it's representing. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. I, I'll let y'all. I have my thoughts, but I can let y'all go at it. Um, well, I'll say, I'll say this, but with, in regards to RJ playing with the second unit, I think the reason why Thibs does that is because when RJ starts the game, he starts with Brunson and Randall and, you know, Brunson and Randall are two ball dominant players. So RJ doesn't get as much touches when he's on the court with Brunson and Randall. So I think what Thibs try to do is, 
I think that's his way of trying to get RJ in rhythm because when he's out there with the second unit, he becomes the primary, you know, he, become, he becomes the primary scorer. And that's a way to get RJ into the game more and get his rhythm. And I think that's why Thibs probably does that as opposed to like staggering minutes and keeping Brunson out there or staggering minutes and keeping Randall out there. Yeah. And I'll say this is one of those situations where if you're trying to absolutely win the game, I can say, oh, yeah, stagger minutes with Brunson and, and Randall was a second unit. Um, but if you're going long term, I want to groom RJ to be better playmaker, better decision maker, be a better leader than... You put him out there with that second unit and have him be the leader that way and have him grow that way since there's like two other alphas within the first unit. You know what I mean? So I get I get the sentiment for people. Cause I seen Tom Beer say this a lot. Um, stagger the minutes with, with, with Randall and Brunson with the second unit and not just have RJ out there. And I get it. It does make sense. We actually do perform better with those lineups. But I also just like the idea of giving RJ the touches to just get better over the course of the season. Yeah. I feel like that that second unit, the way it's constructed, skill set-wise, doesn't do RJ any favors. It's really bad spacing. You know, there's, I mean, who's the only one who can hit a three on a second unit? IQ? It's a Deuce McBride, Isaiah Hardenstein, who's a fake stretch five. Hey, Obi out here killing it from three. Let's go, Obi. <laughs> yeah, oh, uh, Obi, but Obi plays 10 minutes. So I'm not even going to include Obi as part of the bench unit. He's a like third strain, unfortunately. <laughs> but I, I think that that second unit was built a little bit more around RJ's skill set, and that can happen through this trade deadline. Package these p- players that aren't playing like Cam Reddish, Fournier, and Rose, and get some guys in here that can utilize and strengthen RJ's weaknesses and strengths, then I think he can be a better leader. But right now you're asking him to do a lot with a little. Right? I mean, what you sort of expect him to go out there and cook with the spacing that McBride and Jared Sims gives you, it's, it's asking the impossible. So Tibbs ain't doing him no favors unless at some point Grimes returns to the bench and he's in that second unit, then we were talking about a different story. But right now it's really hard on RJ trying to go out there and cook with like super limited spacing. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things, though, is like, am I going to kill Tibbs for playing McBride? Because we want to play the bench more. And you got to yeah. go through those growing right. planes of playing the bench. So it's 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 like a it's a cast 22 situation with that. You know what I mean? Because I like the fact that McBride is getting minutes, even though he hasn't been the best this whole time. Because we we asked we have asked to play the bench and play through the growing pains, and then sometimes that is it's just not pretty when it happens. It's just not pretty yeah. all the time. Um, but this is kind of a good segue though. This is a good segue to Nick's trade rumors because we've seen a uh, trade rumor pop up, as we know. Cam Reddish is being shopped. The Lakers are out of the picture because, you know, the Lakers already already made their offseason trade. And it's looking like the Knicks and the Bucks want to do business. The Bucks want Cam Reddish. And the Knicks actually are interested in Grayson Allen. 
So I don't know. I, I want to get your thoughts on the Knicks even being interested in Grayson Allen. What do you think of that? That idea. And I don't know who you like. Who would you move for him to? That I guess is the other thing because I know we're interested in Ibaka, so I'm thinking in my mind it's gonna be Grayson Allen, Ibaka, and the filler somehow. But what do you guys think about the idea of bringing Grayson Allen here? And I, I'll start with Ryan. Um, it's funny because Grayson Allen's one of those players that I never really was a big fan of, you know, because you know from his days at Duke, oh, like, it's easy to hate. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, from his days at Duke, he's a pretty dirty player. But here's the thing, though. Grayson Allen's a flamethrower from three. The dude is shooting 40% from three. So if you bring him to the Knicks, he he provides well-needed shooting. And he's great, and he's gritty on the defensive end. So right then right then and there, you know, he would fit into Thibs' style of play, especially on defense. So he's the defender. He can shoot the rock. Thibs will probably use him. So right there is like the three things right there. <laughs> make him a good target for the Knicks to trade for. So, you know, when I look at it that way, I would want I, I would want the Knicks to probably pursue that trade. But here's my issue with it. I don't think it's going to be an easy trade to make. Yeah. Just because salary matching is going to be kind of difficult to do. And more than likely, if the Knicks are going to complete this trade, more than likely... It, a George Hill's going to be sent the Knicks way. A Serge Ibaka's going to be sent the Knicks way. And it's like, I don't think the Knicks really have a use for, like, any of those players on their squad. So that's the only thing where I look at it where I'm like, eh. And I don't know, you know, if the Knicks would buy them out or whatever the case may be or keep them on the roster. I'm not sure. But, you know, but looking at it as a whole, like, yeah, I think Grayson Allen would be a good addition to the bench. Yeah, I agree. He's such a proven bench player. That I can't imagine it just being Cam. <laughs> like, there's no way. Like, I'm, is it gonna be like a protected first or something? And like, I, something else has to be up. I know you was talking about. What do you think, Lee? I know you're talking about maybe moving Derrick Rose or something as well. At this point, I would move Derrick Rose for anything. Like one second round pick like a flyer, like high upside injured player. It doesn't really matter. He's just wasting away on the bench. Uh, I know he's providing some great intangibles in a locker room and leadership, but on court performance, he's not giving us anything. And if Tibbs ain't playing Derrick Rose, like that says something right there because uh, that's his right-hand man. The Grayson Allen opportunity is another low-ceiling, high-floor. We have like 10 low-ceiling, high-floor guys. Mm-hmm. My guys, you know what they're going to give you like eight to 11 points per game is their max. And that's probably what you're going to see for their entire tenure in New York. Adding Grayson Allen to that, it's just going to reduce minutes from Emmanuel quickly and Deuce McBride. Two guys, the fans are clamoring to see more. Do you want Grayson Allen taking those minutes? I'm kind of indifferent. I don't think Grayson Allen wins you any more games in a regular season. He certainly doesn't help you win a playoff series come playoff time. Like his 10 point per game impact is not going to turn a tide of a series. He's, uh, like you said, he checks off all the boxes with some of the tips lights. He's gritty you know, to the point to where he might be dirty. He's a, He is a flamethrower from three, not just this year, but his entire career he's been a good three-point shooter. But there's something also to be said. The butts aren't looking to retain him. That is that, that signals something in its own. The butts are trying to win a championship. Why don't they want Grayson Allen on their team? 
And if they're looking to trade him, there has to be some momentum or motivation for that. It doesn't make sense for them to want to get rid of a rotational guy if, if they see him as someone who's going to help them win a championship. So he's someone that I think we can do better than. Uh, we should be looking at guys with high ceilings, you know, low risk, high reward type guys. And Grayson Allen doesn't fit that. Is he one of those guys that can potentially be like a star in New York? Like he's a he's like subpar on another team, and then when he comes to us, he can be. Star. I don't think so. He's a, he role just be a solid player. He's a, role, he's a role, player. role player. Yeah, he'd be a solid player. That's about it. The, the thing, because we talked about how we just talked about how RJ doesn't have the team around him to do what he needs to do to provide the spacing because we don't have three point shooters in Jericho Sims and Miles McBride. Most likely, I don't see him taking Quickly's minutes because Quickly skill set is still a little bit more versatile than his you know like quickly can bring the ball and set other people up he's more of like a catch and shoot guy and then a closeout guy and that's pretty much it if i'm looking at whose minutes he's going to take i feel like it's, it's going to be more of miles mcbride's minutes if anything and maybe you'll cut into quickly minutes and and like a and like a little bit of Grimes, maybe. But I don't think it'll be like a huge chunk. Like, I definitely think he'll help the bench for sure. But it's still a catch-22. You help the bench. We might, you know, get some better spacing, get some better three-point shooting. But then we sacrifice McBride development on the on that end, too. So, I see. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. And I feel like it's going to cost us... Um, a protected first to get him. I can't see a reason why Bucks would make that deal straight up unless they just really believe in Derrick Rose if he's part of the package. With yeah, him. And I'm, you know, I don't yeah, know. And I think, yeah, and I, and I would say the most logical thing to do is if you do trade for Grace Fallon, is to increase your rotation from nine men to ten men so you can <laughs> see those minutes. So everybody whoa, 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 whoa. in time, but we know Tibbs be Tibbs. Pump the brakes. How would it happen? <laughs> Pump the brakes. We're talking about Tibbs here. Oh, man. We talk about Tibbs here. Lee, I know you brought some smoke today because you came here just to argue with me. <laughs> Ryan, uh, talk about we, Tibbs. Let's yeah, not forget about it. your chest. Let's not forget about Serge Ibaka. One more note. Like, that, the okay. same way that that you guys feel about Dwight Howard is a, is a hell no. Like that, that's how I feel about Serge Ibaka. Like Serge Ibaka hasn't really played like what more than 25 games in two or three seasons. This is not Serge Ibaka with the Toronto Raptors winning a championship. That was a long time. That was like three, four years ago. This is Serge Ibaka has a cooking channel on YouTube. It's entertaining, but he didn't bring none of, none of those qualities to, to the court. He's a nice guy, great locker room presence, could probably teach Sims a lot in terms of practice, but he's not here to help us win games. Like that, that to me, that's a watch. Let's go after another young player who can actually give us a minutes and maybe has some upside to grow into his team as a rotational piece down down the road. No more washed vets. Right, we already got rid of Taj Gibson. Why bring him back? Oh, my God. That, <laughs> my man is cooked. He has his own cooking channel. <laughs> he is cooked. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I heard you. Know, <laughs> I mean, yo, look at it this way. If he comes to New York, at least the New York social media would be posting him after, not after. They would post him before every game because my man's come through with the style. So <laughs> at least we have that. If he comes to New York, I, I guess. At least so. we we'll have that. I guess so. 
Well, now that Kuz is off the trade market, that means no style will be coming to New York. I know some of you guys wanted Kuz here, so the style won't be coming through that way. So, you know, maybe Ibaka could provide it for you guys, if anything, I guess. I don't know. Look on the bright side. <laughs> With his huge ass scarves. Right, right. Cool, 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 cool. All right, now you talked about Ibaka. Now, Lee. Have any smoke <laughs> for Tibbs? I thought you came here for smoke. I don't know. Maybe I, mean, I it wrong. You know, I, I, you came for smoke. Listen, <laughs> listen. You know how I am. When we win, I'm not. I'm not here to bring down the vibes. Okay. All right. You all, know, right, like, all, right all right. Yeah. <laughs> when, when, when we win, I'm not. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to did a bit grave. Okay. Uh, a forex grave for for Tom Thibodeau to, to bury his no mass in. But look, he's he he's not my favorite coach. But I wrote something on Twitter today. That I got no interactions on. I think I got a like like ten minutes ago, and I wrote it like ten hours ago. I gave Tibbs his flowers, man. I I try to go through and think about all the things objectively that he does well. Because someone on Twitter, I was asking people uh, in the Twitterverse, I say some objective, nice things about him. So this is what I wrote. I said, without question, the best coach for our team in twenty years, elite at establishing identity, culture, and habits. Whoa, whoa. That's three compliments in a row. Yeah. All right. You sounding like a Tibbs evangelist apologist guy. All right. <laughs> you can't say three consecutive compliments. I give flowers. I, Even I, when I don't like them, when I still give them flowers. I'm joking. I'm going to continue. I'm joking. Excellent. I'm just joking. But that's how it is in the real world. That's how it is on Twitter and on YouTube. People <laughs> pay me as like, uh, you're an apologist. You suck. You don't know basketball. That's People paint me as a tips hater. I, I I really don't. I don't hate the man. I say to repeatedly, he's an above average coach, right. well above average coach. He's just not right for this team anymore. That I'll continue. All right. Okay, sorry. Excellent pregame preparation. Underrated developer. Underrated developer. Lou Aldane. Kurt Heinrich. Everybody just just got better by themselves. He had nothing to do with it. No, absolutely <laughs> has. Mitchell Robinson. <laughs> R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, uh, Jalen Brunson from last year this year. Underrated developer. Bottom tier in in-game adjustments. Outdated defensive steam. ISO-dependent ISO stubbornness. You hire him to build. You fire to evolve. I agree so the first said. half was flowers, and then the second half was like dead leaves. And- <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Balanced. Yin and yang, balance. I do not hate the man. I just think we have used his skills to the maximum capacity. Now it's time to move on to someone else to takes to that next step. Right. Right. I agree with your entire assessment. People call me a, a, twibs, a, tibs, a tibs lover because when I criticize them, I don't follow with fire tibs. If I, if I criticize them and said fire tibs, they were like, yeah, but I criticize them and go, uh, nah, not yet. It's like, and they just like throw tomatoes at me. Cause I think, I think, I think we're playing, I want to say quote unquote, quote too well to say fire him yet. I think that's going to change. Whoa, like, Kathy, how... don't say that. <laughs> right. I don't, I don't, I don't want to take it, but we about to go on a run right now. We about to go on a run. But like <laughs> we about to go on a run. You but a you can't. You can't. I, I feel like the play. I, I feel like it's gonna affect how the players play if we say if we start screaming right now. Fire tips, like 
I need I need our players to mentally still be here with us and have like some kind of hope and potential for the rest of the season. I don't need yeah. like it, it, it's old Nick fashion when we start like when the headlines start start going and it's it's all of, it's not about like the game. It's about coaching right. and this and that. And it's like the rinse and repeat of everything that's been <laughs> yeah. happening in the last. Yeah, let's not let's not do that. Let's wait a little. Let's wait a little towards the end of the season and then start screaming. But right now, no, 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 no. We good. <laughs> we good for now. <laughs> I I stream fire tips. It's kind of I, when I say it, there's a little bit of irony in it because I in no way, shape, or form think Leon Rose is going to fire him. I, I agree with Raw. Uh, I disagree with Raw in a lot of things related to Tibbs. I actually agree with Raw with a lot outside Tibbs. I, I almost agree with him completely. Tibbs is where we draw the line. I think he will live out his five year contract. I do not think he'll be fired because Leon Rose and him are very, very close. And it, it's bad optics to fire your best friend in the first big hire that you made. It's just not going to happen. I think Tibbs will be here for the long haul. So we, we got to an extent we got to get used to it, but I'm not going to keep saying that the man needs to go because he's holding back you know, precious assets like Obi Toppin. You know, he's Obi Toppin's playing 10 minutes a game. To me, that's a travesty. There's no reason for that. Right. Is Joe Budden fired his friends, so I don't know. What could happen? <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, it got messy, though. <laughs> so, no. It's going... <laughs> both of us kind of had the same assessment of Tibbs for the most part with like exception of like minor tweaks here and there but he asked me why fire Tibbs later and not now and I said listen I know the grand plan is to get a guy here who wants to join the Knicks who's like a top 15 top 20 player and I feel like if we're winning and we fire him, it kind of trends towards that same old Nick's dysfunction thing. And we can possibly not look stable and not attract a player of that ability. But if we bring it, if we look, if we're treading around 500 and we end the season around 500 and we look good again, and on top of that, our young players start to look good towards the end of the season, like, you know, RJ Mitch quickly starting to look good. And people start to look and go, hmm, maybe if I come to this thing, we could win. And then that player comes, and then they're going, wait a minute. I feel like at that point, when we start to realize there's a ceiling, we can move him then, and it'll be like, we'll be in a better place because the pieces will at least more be there and then on top of that like the cogs that are moving will keep moving that that direction that that's my theory two questions do we think tibbs has the potential to get better as a coach so what you're saying is he doesn't have potential to get better or to like switch it up or change like we do we think he's consistently going to stay the same yes i'd be shocked (laughs) (laughs) Okay, do do we as fans have a few more years in us to watch our team be mediocre, right? They do can we be mediocre like and I'm gonna call the Nets mediocre because I don't really 
I don't really bang with them. So I think they're mediocre. I don't care who they have. But do we have a few years where we can see our team be mediocre and ride the wave out so that we can potentially get better players? Like, we'll get to a point where everyone's like, hey, the Knicks aren't so bad. I could consider playing there. Like, you know, that wasn't the case before. Like, no one want, no one wants to come play here. So is it? do we have, like that in us to be mediocre for a little bit, ride it out to be consistent with like winning some, losing some, winning more than we lose before we really start attracting good players, good coaches, like, Uh, or do we have to like get better now? Considering the fact that we've been bad for years Mm -hmm. and we've been bad. Look, look, we've been doing the podcast for a while. We was bad in 2016. Bad in 2017, bad in 2018. Bad. We had one good season, yep. then bad the next season. So <laughs> I'm cool with being middle of the road for like a year, a, a one to two, max three years. If we have, but I mean, look at the guy. Sixers. The Sixers have been mid. Right. There, I mean, there's so many teams that have been mid for years, right. and they will probably remain mid. If, like, if, hold on, if we have young guys who are contributing to that and improving, if we still have assets to make moves and get out of that, then to to make a next step possible, then I'll be okay with it. But this is only if there's a plan to get out of it, you know. If we okay, like, so what you mean is you don't want to be, and you don't want to be a Nets, you don't want to be a Sixers, you don't want to be like the Bulls, you don't want to be like the Heat, you don't want to sit in that that no, area where like <laughs> nobody wants to sit there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I gotta pretty much um agree with what JL has said too. Like, I can deal with a couple more mediocre years as long as I see continued improvements within those mediocre years, and that the Knicks accumulate assets to where they can actually get out of that me of that you know mediocre or mid level type of team i can deal with it now say for example the knicks continue to be mediocre but there's no improvement like you know you see rj become stagnant you see mitch become stagnant etc then that's when i'm like okay right. maybe something has to be done right now to kind of you know t- tweak this up you know to turn this up a little bit so as long as i see continuing improvement with, with the young players i'm okay with being mediocre for a couple more years but eventually there's going to have to come a time where it's like, okay, we have the assets. This all, this all-star play becomes available, whatever the case may pull, be. Yeah, we'll pull the trigger yeah, pull and the make trigger. that move. Like, if we was mid with, like, all 31-year-old players and, like, no picks, then that's, that's a bad look. <laughs> that's, that's really the bottom. I, I think that a lot of a draft capital that we have, if memory serves correct, um, I think the Wizards and the Detroit Pits will convey this season. The Mavericks is for 2023. So the really the draft capital that we have has to be used before this this NBA draft. Otherwise, mm-hmm. we're going to be selecting players and, and using our development to make them better. And if we have t- made these trades the last couple of seasons, dating all the way back to KP, to get draft capital, just to draft guys in the late first round, I would I would consider that an unmitigated failure. Right. I, I think that we have to package those picks together for a player. And if we do get that player, then I think it's impossible for us to keep being mid because what those picks should 
get back in return, uh, as well as with an OB or quickly or an RJ, whoever's involved, the same package that was rumored for Donovan Mitchell, it should be a, a, a star or star 0.5, you know, right. almost a superstar. Right. Um, hopefully better than a Zach Levine, an Anthony Edwards or a LaMelo Ball type guy. Uh, if we did someone like that, I think it would be almost impossible for us to continue being mid. Uh, if we don't and we end up drafting, then I think that the responsibility also falls on Leon Rose um, for not utilizing the assets that we have and being too patient to a fault. Um, but but right now, the the path that we're on, I think we're just kind of like it's a hamster wheel. We take, you know, we're going a seven day win streak and a five day losing streak. We'll win three, we'll lose two. Uh, you know, we're, I think we're better than the roster, the record that we have because of the talent that we have on this team and we're not fully engaging and utilizing that talent. Obi Toppin is the best example of that. Um, playing some small ball with Randall at the five is an example of that. Uh, running isolation plays to finish out games and uh, running drop coverage on defense. Like These are things that like, shouldn't be happening and other teams are embarrassing us and making fun of us in post-game conferences. Like, I-, I wish those things weren't the case, but I could handle another season like this if we took all of the assets that we had and actually made a swing for a really good player. Yeah. And I kind of predict... I mean, everybody knows. Everybody mama knows that's what we're trying to do. Like, everybody knows it. But I kind of feel like it's either going to be that or I feel like they're going to try to keep... If they don't... I feel like they're either going to try to get an all-star, try to package picks to move up in the draft because they feel like somebody in the draft is going to get them over the hump. Or I feel like they'll take the picks and then trade it for some more picks in the future to try to kick the can down the road if they don't see something they like. I feel like that's what's going to happen. I feel like any one of those three scenarios might happen this season. Um, And maybe one protected pick might be used for like a bench player, if if anything. Uh, That's that's my prediction anyway. Um, But listen, man. A couple more news has come up. Speaking about draft picks and players, Quickly's name has come up in trade rumors. Um, it's, it's one-sided, though. The the Phoenix Suns are interested in trading for Emmanuel Quickly. Uh, they're trying to think about life after Chris Paul. And... Uh, um, Bruh. I, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm not interested. Unless you give me Booker... Hey, Booker for quickly straight up. Okay. We talking. <laughs> Other than that, I'm not giving you no quickly for for nobody on that team. I would do it for Bridges. You do quickly for Bridges? In a heartbeat, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. I still wouldn't. You know what it is? I really like Bridges. Young guy, 3 and D player. But I still don't know if there's like a playmaking side to Bridges that can fill that role that quickly goes off the bench. You know what I mean? Like he goes, he gives us the three for sure and the D for sure. But the playmaking that we miss from quickly, it, it would be hard to to swallow. I I agree, but the I the concept of moving RJ back to the two his most natural position where his, his size and length actually benefits him mm-hmm. uh, at the, the tuning guard position and having bridges at three. That's, that's, a, that's really good defense. You got four guys capable of switching 
you know, Brunson's been a traffic cone on defense, even worse his last five or 10 games. That hasn't been talked about enough, how bad he's been on defense. And selfish he's been with the ball, too. Yeah, I want to talk about that. Um, I love a guy. No hate. I'm just being critical. Uh, but Bridges would bring – there's no one on the roster like Bridges. No, there's not a either. single player who's, like, long, lengthy, gritty on defense and can guard three to four positions and can also shoot the three ball and who's hyper-athletic. I mean, Cam Reddish, but, yeah. I mean, that's – I agree with you. I agree with you. It was just we would have to really start to look for like a backup point guard for real, because um, there'll be none on the roster. Um, but yeah, so that's why I would say no. The only reason I might say yes if it's a situation where it quickly is like, yo, I want the bread, so show me the money, and it's too much that we can pay, and we're gonna lose them anyway, and so we'll do like a, tr- a sign and trade or something like that. I don't know. But other than that. That's just me. Probably a minority, but. <laughs> all right. I think it's all we have to talk about. The only other news that came out was Hartenstein. The Clippers want to get Hartenstein back. And um, we kind of saw that coming. I already knew they wanted him back. Hartenstein came here because he felt like he was wanted here and Tibbs would probably use him in a certain role here. It hasn't happened like that. And now the Clippers are coming and knocking, but you know, we already know we talked about, we wanted uh we want Trey man, but the Clippers have announced that they are not moving Trey man. So I wouldn't even know who you guys would be interested in there in Clipperland for, for Hardenstein. If we were to move him. Um, well, I mean, according to the rumors, they're saying that Clippers are looking to see if they could probably flip John Wall into a big coming back their way. So I'm thinking more likely if they do want Hardenstein, I'm pretty sure the first player they're offering is John Wall. So, you know, you would have to think of it as a Knicks fan, like, would you want John Wall here on the roster, you know, coming off your bench, you know, helping out the squad. So besides that, like, I think Terrence Mann would be the ideal player that you would want off the Clippers, but since he's not mm-hmm. available, there's not really anybody else I'd want from the Clippers. So I wouldn't make no, I wouldn't make a trade with the Clippers. Like I just tell him, even though yes, you know, it would be nice to you know get some help off the bench. Yeah, like, can we get like a? Can we get a wing? Can we get a wing? Can we get a wing though? Like, yeah. oh, speaking of which, I'd add a question for y'all. Sure. I saw that rumor. Not a rumor. It was announced, but it was kept anonymous on which team offered Toronto three first-round picks for OG Anobi. I have a feeling it was the Knicks. What do y'all think about that? Would you do that trade? And what players would go? What players would go out in that trade as well? Because I feel like they would want Obi. You're dealing with Masai. You're dealing with Masai. That's tough. He's fleeced us twice before. I'm scared, man. Not three I, first round. That's a lot, bro. I, I I think the thinking was that two of the first two of the three was in the Detroit and Milwaukee, and then one was ours, which was probably unprotected. That was the thinking. I can see the Knicks. Well, I can definitely see it being the Knicks because it was it was rumored earlier that the Knicks were looking to almost blow it up when he's going on that little bit of a losing streak 
and mm-hmm. OG Ananobi was the guy we were tar- targeting. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was the Knicks. Um, I know that the Raptors want two unprotected picks in that deal because it was reported that they wanted the Jante Murray type deal. So, so the Jante Murray type deal was pretty much picks and like cap filler pretty much. You know what I mean? So I don't think they necessarily want anything in anything important from our, like as, as far as players, but they want picks and I don't know too unprotected for origin for that's a lot. What if it was one unprotected and then the Washington Detroit picks along with it and Opie Toppin? Would you do that? <sighs> two, two protected, one and Obi. That would leave us with all day. two unprotected left. <sighs> Maybe. You know what the, the thing is? For the for all all stars, my only hesitation is the big swing all star guys usually cost you three unprotected. That's why I only, only reason to hesitate. So the all, the big swing type A personality all stars cost you three unprotected, and you're using one for OG. Then it's like, damn, you're gonna miss out on the all star for that, unless they're willing to. Unless they're willing to accept OG in a flip for All Star with right. two unprotected, or at that point maybe RJ. I'm assuming we keep Grimes too, so we would have Grimes, IQ, RJ, and OG. Right. So you know um, what? You know what? Now that I think about it, I think I would do that deal. I would too. I'm not getting three picks. I'm sorry. Huh? One protected. I'm not giving them three picks. I'm sorry. One protected and one unprotected. Donovan Mitchell for three picks. Oh. Ryan, your face looks so disgusted. Ryan, (laughs) only one pick is Knicks. I don't give a damn what if one pick is Knicks. I'm not giving them three three first-round picks. They'll get two, not three. That's me, though. Mm. Chat. What do y'all think? Because look, the picks we have, right? The the three unprotected. We have the Bucks picks, which is definitely gonna convey. Yeah. The Detroit. the Detroit pick. I can't see that conveying until maybe 2026, 2027, because 2026, I think is top eleven protected. And 2027 is top nine protected. And at that point, Jalen Duran and those guys, they should be better. But then it's the Wizards pick is iffy, though. Because the Wizards pick, like the Wizards has sucked for a long time, though. <laughs> like, I I don't know. I feel like the Wizards has just always been bad. And I feel like if anything wasn't going to convey, it might be the Wizards pick. Like the Wizards pick might as well. I can see the Wizards pick being like a second rounder for real. Ryan, what if it wasn't a Knicks pick? What if it was Washington, 
Detroit, and Dallas pick, and Obi Toppin. I mean, it's, if it's three protected, and the Raptors are willing to go for it, it might not even have to be Obi, yo. I I I probably would make that trade, but I'm I'm just looking at the metrics, and I'm like, if you can get if you can get a player like Donovan Mitchell for three first round picks and players. Why am I going to give up three first-round picks for OG Ananobi when those players are not on the same level? But you're forgetting about the swaps. Utah got two swaps on him too. They got five years worth of draft control. I just don't think he's a. I don't. I just don't think he's a three first-round pick player. I, I'll give them two first-round picks. I'm not. That's giving fair. Them one. That's fair. With the pits being protected, I do. Yes. Because the Wizards pick, I I feel like that's a second. I feel like the Wizards pick is going to be a second. Uh, so it's like if I'm giving him the picks, it's going to be like the worst of the picks. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Brain. I think OG has a ceiling. It's not Donovan Mitchell. That's for damn it's sure. Definitely That's not, not damn Donovan Mitchell. That's for why sure. I'm even hesitating on giving you Obi because defensively, I can see his ceiling, but offensively, like, I don't think there's going to be much to his game offensively. Maybe 3 and D, if anything. I hate saying that. With us. With the Knicks. Yeah. Sherwin says o- o- um, Obi's a bust. Kathy, this is Sherwin. Sherwin hates Obi, and he trolls. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh-huh. Get to know Oh, uh, we to lost Ryan. <laughs> Ryan said goodnight. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan got pissed. Ryan was sick. He was sick. He about this. I think we can keep Obi personally. Like if we're giving him those picks, I think we can end up keeping Obi. That's I thought me. about salary matching. I think OG's only making like three million. I think he's still on his his rookie deal. So I was saying about who who could we give without mm. taking the extra salary That's and all that. Point. So Obi was the one that made the most sense. Right. McBride. I think McBride's probably only making like what half a mil, three yeah, quarters. You're right about that. Late sec- second. You're right about that. Britt says with Dibs standing in offense, OG is not going to become a better score. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> We're just going to stick him one. on Siakam. <laughs> That's one of the few OB deals I've read that I wasn't like cringing. I wasn't like, damn, we did him up OB for that guy. I was like, well, OG's. He's got a ceiling. OG's making seven. Hold on, Jason said OG's <laughs> making seventeen million. Let me look that up real quick. Maybe it hasn't kicked in yet. If he's making seventeen million, then and all they want, well, Evan isn't expire isn't an expiring, so I can't see that. So, yeah. so Derrick Rose might work. If if they're it doing, can. if they want like the Jante Murray is esque package. Like they just took veteran contracts and cut them, so maybe they'll do some picks and Derrick Rose and Derrick Rose can go where he wants. But although that, that kind of be the Knicks don't want to really want to do Derrick Rose dirty though, so mm. so maybe okay, do that. I, hmm? I was wrong. I, I was wrong. He did sign extension. He's on his second contract. Mm-hmm. He's making seventeen this year, eighteen next year. So Cam and Derrick Rose would satisfy the salary. Yeah. Oh, if they get can from it, maybe they'll do it. Yeah, I can see. Fritz says road reddish and three picks. 
Which picks? I, we need taller guys. <laughs> yeah, I, agree, I agree. We don't have anyone like we don't like him on that roster. We don't. Have that's even and why that's I was pushing good. every. Even though some people were pissed at by no people were, people were like my some liked it, someone didn't. When I talked about Jonathan Isaac, I was like, man, I would take. A, <laughs> I would take a chance. I would take a chance. That man is freaking six ten with a seven foot wingspan, dog. What the hell? It can move like a gazelle. I don't know. And I don't think it'll cost us three first either. <laughs> Picks for Timmy says we need Cam. I'm not even. <laughs> I'm. I've exhausted that conversation. <laughs> yeah, he should play, but yeah. He, he's not what people think he is. I think he's kind of shown what he is and what he's capable of. Absolutely. It's a terrible motor. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I think it's kind of in the show. We talked, we, we talked enough. We, this, this show has ran. <laughs> oh yeah. Can I add one more thing? Cause like, are I, you I, back? <laughs> Look, okay. So this is my reasoning why I wouldn't give up the um, three picks because I do understand what Lee is saying. I do understand that there were two swaps involved, but at the end of the, at, but at the end of the day, the Cavaliers only gave up three picks that they actually own, whereas they don't own those picks anymore. Those picks are in the possession of the Jazz, at least with the swaps. You're still picking those years. It's just dependent on, you know, positioning where you switch. You're still going to pick that year. So it's like, okay, if, they, if, they, if it's a situation where it's like, okay, I'm going to give them two first and then that third pick is a swap, I might consider that, but to give them, but to give away three picks that I actually own and give that and, and, and give those picks and have those picks in the possession of the Raptors for Anunoby. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. Fair. I might do it if it's some bum picks. <laughs> I'll do, I'll do it. I'll do a wizard's pick. And, uh, yeah, I would too, JLS. We agree. <laughs> Woo! That means the show is over. All right. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, if y'all touching and agreeing yes. here, <laughs> the Crips in the blood have shaken hands. All right. <laughs> Peace on earth. Peace on earth. All right. Unify the block. All that good stuff. All right. <laughs> that is our show. Good show, guys. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Welcome back, Kathy. It was a healthy one today, y'all. Yeah, that was a healthy one. We talked about everything. We yeah. went longer than I thought. All right, but shout yeah. out to the chat. Nick Yak, <laughs> Stanley Novak, Jason M. Shout out to Walter Taylor. Everybody was a rock with the show. Mind Cushions, everybody. If you like the show, like, subscribe. Shout out to FUBUTV.com. If you go to FUBUTV.com slash KOT, you'll get free MSG. Watch the Knicks for seven days. And then you can subscribe if you want to. It'll help us out if you do. And you can end the subscription whenever you want. So shout out to FUBU TV. That is our show. Kathy, do you want to let them know where they can find you? Do you care? I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm K Steel. K. I, I don't even remember my stuff. It's really been a while, but K Steel is where you probably can find me on the grams. <laughs> right. And I tagged you on Twitter, so. They can oh, find your Twitter. Sorry. Yeah. Um, let me act let me reactivate that as well. Twitter, Twitter is not. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, blow the, the Twitter versus the Twitter. Nah, yeah, didn't Elon, didn't Elon uh 
shut that down. That's that's still working. It still work. It's just it's just more ratchet now. That's it. <laughs> but it still works. Yeah, K Steel. That's me. That's you, Miss Black Girl Magic yourself. <laughs> First woman Nick's content creator. <laughs> it was it was fun chopping it up with you guys. It's nice to be back. Definitely. It was definitely fun. Lee. You good in my books. You good in my books. <laughs> Thank you. Not everyone feels that way. So I appreciate you saying that. I don't know how I feel about Co- you. Sir. I don't know. Strongly co-sign. You get the strong co-sign. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate that. All right. Yo, Lee, let them know where to get by you, sir. Uh, I want to do some shout-outs quick. I want to shout out my main man, Jason M. Uh, if JLS is my favorite person to argue with, Ross, probably my number two. And Jason M is my number three. That's my top three Mount Rushmore of debaters. <laughs> I love Jason M. He's a smart dude. We don't always uh, agree, but we always get along. That's my main brother. And uh, Alexander, you have me cracking up today, bro. I was I was holding back mad laughter with all the roasts. He roasted me, saying some saying some hilarious stuff. Gotta go back in the chat, man. It was unbelievable. Uh, find me on Twitter at underscore Lee Escobedo, or you can just search on Twitter hashtag Bum, and my name will pop up. Exactly, no doubt. It's exactly. the number one most used word on Twitter bum. by me. Just like uh, Nix and Bum, and then <laughs> boom, his name is going to pop up. Mad mentions. All right. <laughs> uh, I hope we do something this week. I hope we make a trade, and I hope that trade makes us a better team. I'm always happy after a win. Go Nits, baby. Let's go. Yes, sir. All right. Um, all right. My man, Ryan G, let him know where he can find you. You can find me on Instagram at Sir G is chilling. Sir G is chilling. That's S-I-R-G-I-C-H-I-L-L-I. You can also find me at Sir G's Corner. You can also find me on Twitter at Ryan G K-O-T. And I agree with Lee. The Knicks need to make a damn move because a brother got to wake up before 7 a.m. for work. And I'm tired of these long ass podcasts. Let's make a damn move. Let's go. All right. I'm in the show. All right. <laughs> All right. Follow us. Get the hold. Get hold. Follow us on the Twitter at the KO2 Show on Twitter, the Naked Time Show on Instagram, Naked Time Show on Facebook. Please do that. All right. Also, listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, everywhere you listen to the podcast, listen to the KO2 Show. All right. Also, snapbacks, black and white. Blue and orange, go to nickandtimeshow.com. It's right there. Just hit catalog button right at the top. Boom. Get all the merch. All right. Cool. That is our show. We out of this. And free Obi. Huh? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Not getting a free Obi. Free Obi. <laughs> and as always. Shout out the World Wide West. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. Mess out here in these Knicks YouTube streets. That's our show. We out this. Peace. Peace.